Yeah, I was playing Arkham City again. This is this will be the third time I've run through the game. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to play it on the PC. It's not the same. I have a 360, finally, and so I got it for the 360, and I'm glad I did because the controls are so much easier than Arkham Asylum was on the PC. Really? I, eh, I, I find it easier having all the controls right as close together as at your, possible. At your fingertips, pretty much. Yeah, yeah whereas on the <laughs> PC, I had to hit like the control and the space bar and the shift, and on the other side of the keyboard, I had to use the finger, you know, the, the movement keys on the right side and the mouse. So it was kind of a jumble of running between. Really? I, I always use, I always use uh, Wasid. I can't use those. It, you can't use Wasid? No. I have to use the classic keys. I grew up playing like Doom and all those kind of things. Well, so, so, did, so did I. So did I. But Wasid is awesome. I can't use Wasid, but yeah. So I, I played Arkham City the first time on easy mode, and then realized you can't get Game Plus and play with the skins in the regular game. And so I went to play it again on normal, and I got stuck on the last uh, fight because I had the the Catwoman down DLC. Mm-hmm. I got stuck in the last level with Two-Face and all the guys with the guns, and I was pretty much fucked. So I deleted the DLC, which inherently killed my save game, so I have to play the save game over again. <laughs> actually, actually, I, I was able to beat that on normal pretty easily. All you have to do is just really wail on him, and you got it. Yeah, I was going to—I have this thing. I have to take down some of the gun guys because they pretty much chopped me down. I know, but they keep on respawning. So the thing is, what I do is I, I just throw caltrops everywhere and then just totally wail on Two Face, and that does it. Hmm. Because because when they try to run in to get better position, they they walk on the caltrops and they stop because they're caltrops. Hmm. Yeah, I He's, just like it's screw easy. it. I, did, I didn't want to play as Catwoman, so I, I wanted Batman Beyond. Yep. Mm. Even did though you it get, is did you get little, did you get big head mode? No, I didn't turn that on. <laughs> Well, no, I, the, I find it disturbingly easy on killing the villains in the game. Like, yeah. I think I think the most difficult one would not be Clayface. I think Freeze, in a sense, is almost difficult, but he's not. Only because yeah. he adapts. Okay, let's see. What I was trying to kill 20 minutes, so I was getting past the story part and... Um, started, started grabbing uh, Riddler trophies immediately. No, I went. I just kicked Two Face's ass right away. Well, not really, but I saved Catwoman from that part, and am on my way to beat Joker's ass and get infected. I've been watching a, a guy do walkthroughs on YouTube with Arkham City. That's how I figured out how to beat. Uh, and it Clayface. seems to me that the Riddler trophies in Arkham City are a hell of a lot more easy to find than in a no. They're no, not but, easy to find. I find them much more difficult to obtain in this game because uh, not only do you have to follow certain sequences or riddles or get trapped in rooms, you have to unlock them from a little dome. Okay, what I'm talking about is the Riddler icons. So I don't know if those are the trophies or if those are something else. Those are the trophies, but the thing is this. The, the you thing you're not understanding, Mike, is the first game, Arkham Asylum, had only 100 of them. This and, game and then, has 400 of them, and about 100 of them are easy to get. The other 300 are ridiculous. Like there's there's one where you have to like do the the carnival hit the hit the uh you know hit the mallet on the thing. Yeah. Well, this bullshit. guy that's doing this walk that this this video playthrough on YouTube, he's only he hasn't even to my knowledge gotten to Mr. Freeze yet. He just 
Mr. Freeze is pretty late in the game, honestly. He is, actually. No, 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 no. Okay, let me rephrase. He's supposed to be finding Mr. Freeze the beginning of the game. When you start, after you get, after the whole Harley thing, after you meet Joker. For the is this a, you get injected. One thing I need to know is, is this one of the common, the, one of the, one of the walkthroughs where the guy is, like, making... Like lame ass jokes all the way through, or is this yeah. a silent com- silent? No, it's I he's making lame ass jokes. See, I won't watch those. I watch yeah, the. I silent agree. Ones. I like the silent ones better because unless it's like an old game, like let's say someone's yeah. playing like a, a really old game, then I'm okay with the commentary on really old games. This is less. This is not even. This is not even three months old, and you have some guy ruining it by trying to sound clever. It's it ruins well, it. For well, me. for me, it's not. I can understand for you guys why it would ruin it for me. Because I don't have a current gen system, and I probably won't even get it for the PC. I I just like seeing the game, and I mean, if I wanted to do a silent walkthrough, I could just watch what he's doing and just put YouTube on mute if I didn't want to hear him. But yeah, it is one of those where he's making you know lame jokes and you know fist of justice and you know gl- you know I'm gliding and bullshit like that. But eh, whatever. Turn your sounds off, Ben. The show hasn't even started yet. That's your fair warning. Turn your damn sounds off. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Hello and welcome again to Animation Fictionals crossing over with Tooncast Beyond. Uh, we are again continuing our look through the DC original animated movies. Uh, I am your host, Ben, and of course, we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Such heroic nonsense. That was bad. And, and yeah. we also have with us uh, the host of Tooncast Beyond, TFG1, Mike Blanchard. Hello. And also, the from, Joker. Uh, Toon- also from Tooncast Beyond, we have uh, Steve Megatron. Yes. Hello. All right. And we, of course, are talking about Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. And to start out with this, this is was actually originally intended to be a bridge movie between Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And there's still a lot of that DNA left in there, but this totally stands on its own. Oh, yeah, it does. I, I love the DNA that they left in there. Um, but, yeah, sadly, uh, from season two of JL to season one of JLU, they just couldn't get worlds collided, collide off the ground. And I believe... Dwayne McDuffie turned this around within like forty-eight hours, as far as like an initial like an initial rewrite of the script. Pretty much, but you know, like I said, even then, a lot of the changes, you know, changing, you know, John Stewart to uh, to Hal Jordan, in other ADB changes, you know, you could still see some of the elements that were meant. Like for instance, the invisible plane. Yep. That was introduced here was obviously intended to be the explanation of how Wonder Woman got the invisible plane and JLU. Yeah. 
And the fact that the Watchtower was being constructed here was obviously a hint of, you know, at the end of season two of JL. But like I said, blew up. Yeah. Like I said, even with that, even with these remnants of DNA, that's not a detriment to this at all. No, I think, not at I all. Think, it think, actually adds to it, I think. I think, if anything, it, it just makes it even more interesting. And I really did love this movie, except for one minor nitpick that just is so minor that I'm just going to get out of the way right now and we're, not, we're never going to mention it again. Okay. Martian Manhunter's costume sucks. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't like Martian Manhunter's design in this, so it doesn't really matter to me either way. Um, The one nitpick I have to get out of the way, and I actually looked this up. Yes, I understand this was supposed to, originally it was a bridge movie. It was uh, Justice League Worlds Collide, uh, which Dwayne McDuffie turned it into this. But I did a little bit of research. Uh, You know, Infinite Earths and all that stuff has been around for a while, but... Earth Prime and all that, the first time I saw that before I saw this movie was Turtles Forever. This, I swear to God, this is Turtles Forever with superheroes. <laughs> well, actually, Turtles Forever is, is Christ of the Infinite Earth with turtles. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it was just only a couple of days ago what we were praising the hell out of uh, Turtles Forever on the, on the Animation Aficionados. So you can check that episode out pretty quickly. But, you know, this really is a great, a great movie because it is because even the itty bitty parts, you know, it's 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 a blink and miss it sort of thing. But those those blink and miss it scenes are great. I mean, for someone who doesn't quite understand the comics, it doesn't hurt. But the ones that do, it's like it's like a little extra added bonus, like (laughs) like, you know, the made men like uh, like. uh, you know the uh, the the crime syndicates, uh, Superwoman's uh, made men were pretty much the the Marvel family. Yeah, and I love that because because you even had you even had the you know the, the the goofy you know the goofy uncle from from the original Fawcett comics as a, as a badass, and that was <laughs> kind of funny. But and no. another thing I loved was you had you had you know you know Deathstroke the Terminator, Slade Wilson as the president. <laughs> Yeah, that's and plus you had um, what's his name? Oh, oh God! Uh, he, you had Senator Kelly from X Men Two Thousand voicing him, uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Davison. Bruce Davison. Yep. Um, one of the things for me on this one was the first of all, outside of the original DCAU voice cast. This uh, this Superman is the one that I like the best outside of Newburn and Daily. Mark Harmon really knocked it out of the park as Superman. I think. Um, I was waiting for him to slap someone in the back of the head. <laughs> uh, and William Baldwin did a pretty good Batman too. He did pretty good. He, I, I like his better than Sisto's and better than um, oh, who was the other one? Oswald. Yeah, oh, we're not even going there. <laughs> That's for a much later episode. Um, and, go ahead, Ben. What? And another thing I liked was just you know the number one, as we said, but this does definitely take take a lot of the DNA from the intended uh, bridge movie between JL and JLU, but it also took some uh, took some hints from a I think it was a Grant Morrison comic from the early nineties called uh, you know you know JLA Earth Two. Yeah. 
it uh, which is great to find because because it's because you know Grant Morrison, come on, Grant freaking Morrison, and and a lot of the hints like everybody on Earth two has their has their anatomy reversed. For yeah. instance, you know the heart's on the wrong side. That's that's the that in this movie is how Superman figures out that this Lex Luthor is from another. Yep. Is from another universe, and what I did also liked was the fact that he announced himself as Alexander Luthor, which is what the Earth Two Luthor does, you know. Yeah. Versus saying I'm Lex, he's Alexander. So the and, only oh, go ahead. And another thing I have to praise is you know James Woods. Oh yeah, as Owl Man. I mean, talk about a creeper! Holy crap! But that guy was awesome as Owl Man. The one thing I, I'm not too sure about this. I know Bruce Tim had said it in the commentary for A Better World, but he mentions in that commentary that they wanted to make the Justice Lords sort of like the crime syndicate, but you couldn't make them because he had read the, uh, the, the, the Authority comic apparently at the time. You couldn't make them totally the crime syndicate. So I think this is, again, a leftover piece of that where he wanted to do that, and this is kind of where he went with it. Um, the only other nitpick I have, and I, I don't know because I'm not too up on the comics, but uh, the jesters Harley being a monkey—that's a little weird to me. <laughs> that's, you know what? That, that was more of a cute little nod versus versus anything that means anything. So I, I well, no, no, right? No, I'm, I mean I'm not reading into it. I'm just saying when Batman's like, "Sorry, Harley," he's or not Batman. When Lex is like, "Sorry, Harley," he's gone. I, that just, I don't know, that kind of took me out of the movie for a second. I was like, wait, Harley's a monkey now? How? Oh, okay, whatever. Well, what I, what I also enjoyed was, you know, the animation in this movie is beautiful, and the designs really suit the, the studio. It, this is, this is again, one of, the, one of the more expressive ones, especially with the faces. I really enjoyed watching this. Mm-hmm. What about you, Neil? What did you like about this one? The fight choreography. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean there were some there were some awesome uh, wrestling moves going on between uh, Wonder Woman and Superwoman. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she was, I, I swear at one point uh, Wonder Woman actually dropped an elbow on on Superwoman and she did and hogtied her and, and said it said submit submit and then there was the thing with the spear. I don't know the name of the character, but Wonder Woman oh, uh, yeah, she... slams this other character into a wall and. Yeah lodges a spear right next to her head and then flaps the spear against against this character's head. It was hysterical. Oh, I, love, I love that, yeah. There was a lot of fun with the uh, with the fight choreography, I, I can tell. What about you, Steve? What are your thoughts on Crisis? Um, I like the interesting twists and uh, direct parallels of the hero-to-villain ratio. I mean, the... Uh, nice touch for, for instance, like the Joker's alternate, uh, Owlman and Batman. Uh, just, they they look similar enough but to tell clearly who they're supposed to be duplicates of. And I, I like the, the animation style and all the fighting in it because it's pretty much just an all-out brawl the whole movie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this one was... <laughs> This, so far, out of them all, out of all the ones we've covered, honestly, this one is probably my favorite up to this point now. It, it was so well done. As as Neil said, with the fight choreography, with the animation, the fact that it almost reminds me of JL, JLU animation style. Exactly. And what I also loved was, uh, 
was I was watching this with a friend the first time I watched it, and when uh, Batman was in the was in the uh, power loader, and he showed up to to fight the uh, to fight the the supers. Supers, yeah. You, you know, I, I me and my friend both sh- shot at the same time. Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And we could we could help it. It was just like <laughs> the one thing that creeps me out about that mechanical bat suit on on the tower is I didn't when I first watched this I when I first watched it was when it first came out. I haven't seen it since then up until obviously right before this recording. Um the first time around I didn't notice. The only thing I noticed about that that mechanical suit he has was the the claw arm thing. Mm-hmm. And going back and watching it today, I did not notice that it actually has actual regular hands for his arms and his hands. And it just creeped me out so much that his hand movement is moving the claw. I mean, I know that's how you normally do it. Your your hand movement moves the the appendage. But it's just so freaky to me. I actually screen capped it and put it on Facebook. It's just a, I don't know, it's a creepy, creepy image to me. Well, you did you did the screen cap of him doing the the come on uh, yeah, gesture. Come, yeah. <laughs> it, like I said, like I said, that's what me and my friends shouted because that was the power loader. Come on, yeah. guys, it was. Yeah. yeah. I'd have to say, ultimately, my favorite part of this movie is the very end where Owlman and Batman are duking it out between not only their wills but uh, uh, their. Gadgets, yeah, their gadgets, their their detective skills. I mean, all that is coming to a head. It's almost like Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty against each other at this kind of point. Oh yeah. And what I did love was Batman did give Alman the means to save himself. But Alman just grins and says, "It doesn't matter." <laughs> and then Batman sends him to another planet to blow himself up. I know, but he did. He left. He left one of those devices behind, so Alman could have saved himself if he wanted to. Yeah. Because Batman doesn't kill. Yep. And I and, like how Batman also tricked Flash's counterpart. Johnny Quick? Yes. Yeah. Well, into causing he, the whole thing to happen, knowing full well that he was going to die. He did trick him, but also at the end when he came out, he did tell he did scream, Johnny, you can stop. I mean, we knew that something like that was going to happen, but I don't know if it was to try to save him or to stop him from maybe spontaneously combusting from going that fast. I don't know. Um, when I first saw the image of him going full speed, the first thing I thought was, oh, it's alternate Flash going into the Speed Force. <laughs> uh, this movie is so awesome. Every like, the, There isn't a dull scene in this film. There really isn't. I mean, this is another movie that I would not skip around just to watch the cool scenes. I mean, oh, I pretty no. much watch all Every the way through. Every single scene is cool. Um, you know, I know that um, Mark Harmon is mainly known for NCIS and all that stuff, but uh, Chris Noth as as uh, Luthor. Oh my God, what the hell's a, a detective from Law and Order doing in a Justice League movie? Well, he's also Mister Big. Eh, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, this this was really this was really fun. I especially I especially enjoyed uh, Aquaman's little fight scene in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of awesome. Batman's like, they're too powerful for you. We'll see about that. 
<laughs> as he wipes blood off his chin. Yeah. The one thing I really loved about this, because I was, this character has always been a favorite of mine ever since I was a kid watching the super power shows and stuff like that, the super friend shows. I love seeing Firestorm. That was awesome. Okay, in silence. <laughs> Firestorm's okay. Well, I mean, if you grew up liking the character and seeing, I mean, I think this is the first time he's been in animation since then, because I know he wasn't in Justice League. He was in JLU. Well, he one scene maybe. I don't think he talked, did he? You know how many heroes they had in scenes that never talked? I know. I mean, they had they had freaking Aztec and, yeah. and the blue and the blue devil in, in JLU background shots. I mean, the blue freaking devil. Who remembers the blue devil? Well, Aztec did talk in a couple episodes because he he was the one that was looking for Luthor in uh, the initiation. Well, that's right. Um. So getting into the cast, we've kind of you know talked about the cast a little bit, but I mean this by far, stellar voice casting by Hunter Romano, uh, just amazing. You have, as I said, Mark Harmon, William Baldwin. Say what you want about the Baldwins. Chris Noth, Gina Torres as Superwoman, James Woods as Owl Man, Jonathan Adams as John Jones, Martian Manhunter, Brian Bloom as Ultraman. Uh, Bruce Davison as the president, uh, Josh Keaton as Wally West, the Flash. Uh, he was also Aquaman as well, but he was uncredited for that. Um, just an overall really great voice cast. And this is a voice cast that you don't need. Like, you would think, since this was originally for the DCAU, you would think, oh, well, they're going to get every single Justice League voice back. No. And it doesn't need it. It doesn't even, as much as I love, as much as we all love Kevin Conroy, as as Ben said, William Baldwin did a fairly decent job as as Batman, and you don't need any of the DCAU voices in this. You really don't. It, like I said, it it has the DNA, but it really does stand on its own as its own product. I mean that that's the that's the beauty of it that that you don't need the backstory. You don't need you don't need to know two seasons of JL to, to jump into this. You don't need to know where it goes from this. It 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 is. It simply is a great movie. Oh yeah, totally agree. Any other thoughts, Neil? Uh just the, the the way they brought in the invisible jet, the way that you <laughs> you really didn't know that it was the invisible jet until the very end. Yeah. And then and then it doesn't Wonder Woman basically say, "Can I keep it?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then you go. Oh, yeah, exactly. I see. That was very clever. And what Pretty is sneaky, sis? What is even more clever about this is when she uses it in um, for the man who has everything, and Batman doesn't like her flying skills because he almost pukes <laughs> in the invisible jet. <laughs> That'd be hard to clean up. Yeah, uh, Steve. Any other thoughts? Uh, initial thoughts on Crisis? Uh, initially, I almost didn't give this one a shot, being that uh, I saw that uh, what was that other Justice League movie that I didn't care to watch? Uh, New Frontier. Yeah, that I saw part of that one, and that kind of turned me off to some of the movies. So I, I looked at this one almost in that way, and then heard that the original voice cast wasn't in it so i was kind of a little off on it but then after i started watching it it turned out fine for me like <laughs> you guys said i mean it just it it does have the vibes of jlu but it does stand on its own so i mean i was 
I was glad I watched it by the end of it, and I would definitely say that it's among their their best of their uh, DC animated movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also love the fact that they reference the Jedi mind trick. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that was hilarious. Poor Flash. <laughs> this is like the Jedi mind trick. This is not like the Jedi mind trick. Yeah, this... <laughs> Uh, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't even see this, but apparently, uh, more tie-ins for DCAU people. The javelins were briefly seen in the Watchtower. I totally missed those. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I saw the invisible jet, but I didn't see the javelins. I'll have to go back and watch it. <laughs> well, watch it. <laughs> uh, getting into the box office here, uh, Crisis on Two Earths made a gross of. Five million three hundred thousand dollars. It sold three hundred fifty-eight thousand three hundred nineteen units. So it made pretty good money. Still, nothing at this point is going to touch that shitty Doomsday movie again. Oh God! People love shitty movies. So. Yeah, didn't didn't uh, didn't that uh, other one, the other shitty one, make pretty good money too? Uh, Eight million. Yes. Yeah. The Gotham Knight. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other shitty one did pretty good too. <laughs> but yeah, this is this one definitely was the best one so far. I mean, in my opinion, this is this is you know this one actually topples what was once the best one, Wonder Woman. This one topples that. I mean, because I, Wonder Woman was great, but this this is so much of a, so much of a you know as great as Wonder Woman is, this is much better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman is great as a single, like, okay, you've had three movies so far with the big three. You've had Doomsday, Gotham Knight, which both suck, and then you had Wonder Woman, which was really, really awesome and great. As far as the two team-up movies so far, you've got New Frontier, and then you've got this. No, you, yeah. you forgot another team-up movie, the shitty one, the, the, uh, the, the turd polish. Okay. Okay. No. 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 That. That's. That's different. Uh, I mean, like Justice League team up movie. Okay. Okay. You have to clarify. Uh, right. <laughs> you had New Frontier, and then you have this, and of course, you know the singular team up movie of of Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, which the Geek Cast Radio Network does not support the opinion of Ben Carver on that movie because that movie was awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're anyways, not going to talk about that movie again. Anyways, it sent you the comments. You're the one that so brought it up. up. You're the one that brought it up. Exactly. Anyways. Um, this one, I, I, I like New Frontier for what it is, but this one, because it is so close to DCAU stuff, I love this even more. And this is, at this point, my new number one favorite out of all the ones that they've done. Uh, what about you, Steve? Any other, um, stuff you want to bring up? Um, I would definitely rank it very high among the DC Universe movies, uh, I wouldn't put it at my number one spot because of what's coming up yeah. next episode. Thus but, far, thus far, we go by thus far. Yeah, yeah. But thus far, I would have to say it's the best one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still claim that second for me is Public Enemies, but yeah, that's that's a different topic. But anyways, uh, no, it, the the whole movie does stand on its own. So I mean, that's that's a nice thing about it, and I just love the the constant brawling in it. It, that's just my favorite part is the fact that you've got that, and then uh, Batman's still the only one that still has a freaking clue what's going on. The only slow scenes, and I, I don't mean slow as far as boring scenes, but like the only slow-paced scenes 
are the scenes with the president and the scenes between John and and the president's daughter. The rest of this movie is nonstop action. Well, the interesting thing is the president's daughter Rose. I mean, the, they were making a joke about that because in uh, because in all other standard continuities, uh, Deathstroke's daughter is also a villain, a villainess named Ravager, and she tore out her own eye to be like her father, and stuff happened, and yeah. I got a vibe of um, oh, what's that Stallone movie with Sandra Bullock? Uh, I, I got a Demolition Man vibe <laughs> with John and and Rose. <laughs> Are you saying they had sex in the car? They had sex with their minds. Damn it! <laughs> uh. All right, so we are the IGN replacement crew. Zero to four. Neil, what do you give it? Uh, I'll give it a four. Ben? Definitely a four. This is one I own, and I don't regret it for one moment. Steve? I also give it a four. Yes, uh, I, I give it a four as well. And as far as the DVD release and all that stuff, it is on DVD. It Single disc, double disc, it's on Blu-ray, I believe. The uh, the two disc special edition also includes an animated short featuring the Spectre, which we really haven't talked about the animated shorts too much with the films. Was this the first one that started the animated shorts, or was there one on Wonder Woman? I think that's the first one that started the shorts. This was the first one. Okay, so from here on out, when we talk about the DVD release stuff on Tooncast Beyond Animation and Fishnados crossover, we will mention the shorts. Um, the Spectre isn't a character I ever really knew. I liked the short; it was good. It was very gritty. Yeah, and and the Spectre short was was interesting, but at the same time, no one who really this this really wasn't a, an apt introduction to the Spectre to people that might be interested in it. This, this is more of a shout out to the Spectre fans, right? Because because it's because it really doesn't have a superhero feel to it. I mean, this was this was almost a straight up Golden Age story, you know. It almost felt like something from uh, from uh, from you know L.A. Confidential, Hollywood Land, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, we mentioned earlier the as I mentioned about Bruce Tim and a better world, uh, a better world. Both parts um, are on here as as well for the two disc edition. So I think we're going to take a break here on Tooncast Beyond. You're going to hear some ads. Um, I have no idea what the ads are going to have this week because I have not listened to them, but uh, you're going to hear some ads and we'll come back to close the show after that. Tooncast will be back after these questions. You can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Geekcast Radio, You'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you in your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code KeyCast Radio when you register. Do you like retro shows? 
Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to TuneCast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find TuneCast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. We're back to TuneCast. So we are back, and I think we've pretty much already said all our final thoughts, but I'll go around the room again. Um, Neil? You know, this this movie was awesome because not only did it have Wonder Woman, but it had, it had Superwoman, so... The perv in me gives the two thumbs up. Yeah, it had Superwoman <laughs> voiced by Jasmine. And oh my god, I, I, I'm, is that I'm, awesome? I was surprised that Superwoman didn't start eating people or absorbing people to be some sort of demon wench. Only fans of Angel will get this reference. Um, yeah, Gina Torres as as Superwoman, just amazing. Uh, ben, what about you? You know. This was definitely this was definitely a a great movie. I, I get I say, you know, number one, Christmas is coming up. If you know any friends that don't have it, this makes a great stocking stuffer. You know, do it. You know, make sure that you you get a couple more copies of this sold, so that way you can dethrone the Doomsday. <laughs> Steve, final thought. Uh, definitely a must own. That's all I'm going to say. I wonder what Megatron would sound like saying Forrest Gump lines. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us here on Tooncast Beyond the Animation Division on us crossover. There are so ways to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com and animationaficionados.com. You can comment on each of the posts. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The show name there is Tooncast Beyond. Mine is TFG and Mike. Steve, what is your Twitter? SCP21. Neil? It's Neil Sama. Ben, what's the uh, AA Twitter? A aficionados. Become Alcoholic a phenomenal. And- <laughs> Alcoholic. Yeah, that. There you go, Neil. That's a good episode right there. Alcoholic aficionados. I don't drink. <laughs> well, that's what AA stands for. Uh, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network and facebook.com slash animation aficionados. Neil finally got the, got the, got the name right for the linking. Yeah. <laughs> Call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tooncast Beyond and the Animation Aficionados crossover. Wish you'll join us next time when we will be continuing the DC Universe animated movie spotlight with... Batman Under the Red Hood. 
For now, I am TFG on Mike with TV's Mr. Neil, Steve Megatron Phillips, and Ben the host. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Good night. Bye. Train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Only at the end. On a parallel Earth, my world is similar to yours in many ways, but very different in others. Luthor's new Justice League is not to be underestimated. Supervillains rule the planet. We were systematically destroyed by a group of superpowered beings known as the Crime Syndicate. They have the same superpowers as the Justice League, but with an evil twist. Take them down. They're willing to kill. Two Earths, two leagues, one epic battle. Justice League, crisis on two Earths. Nice place. Mr. President, I think I'm going to like it here. So, Neil, who do we get for who did we get for Wednesday? Oh, I'm trying for Kitty Hawk, but she hasn't responded yet. Okay. What are you guys doing Wednesday? Christmas cartoons. Ah. Uh... Man, Shira Christmas special. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I'm trying to remember one that was really recent that was really bad. It seems like the more recent ones suck more. Are you guys going to talk about Frosty? Which one? The only one that counts. The one with, uh, oh God, J- Jimmy Durante. There you go. I almost forgot. I, I almost forgot and said Burr Lives. Um, the original one. No, the original one was before that. No, no, no. I'm talking no. about the Rankin Bass one. Okay. Well, then say the Rankin Bass one because there wasn't one. Well, earlier that is the that. original one to me because that's the only one I've ever seen. So. Well, yeah. and then I think Neil will tell you that in Chicagoland there was an the old. Fraser Thomas one doesn't count. Neil, are you going to be talking about the Rankin Bass Frosty the Snowman cartoon? Yes. Okay. I will do a five minute audio clip. Where the first two minutes will be praising Rankin Bass, the last three minutes is going to be bashing the shit out of Frosty Returns. I hate that fucking special. Well, what about you, you forgot one? What about what about Christmas in July? The the Frosty the Snowman, Rio the Red Nose Reindeer right. crossover <laughs> spectacular. Right, but the way that they set up Frosty Returns, it was supposed to be in the in the same continuity as the first Rankin Bass special, and they basically replaced every single voice. In that, and they put as much as I love John Goodman and other stuff, he should not have been the voice of Frosty, even if the original voice actor had passed away at the time. Well, uh, that's what they—that's what they always use John Goodman for. Oh, original voice actor died. John Goodman. Yeah, they did that with Baloo too. But, uh, but yeah, it's a deal. We have to talk about Christmas in July. Okay. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Frosty crossover spectacular stop motion piece of shit. We can do that. You remember that one? Oh yeah, vaguely, but I can watch it. It's actually really well done stop motion. It's just the story was shit. Yeah, it was. Because there was like a reindeer that was jealous of Rudolph because he was going to be the one that was going to lead the sleigh, and I, I, I'm not going to. Yeah. Well. And Frosty had a whole family <laughs> god and in the ending has a rendition of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer sung by Ethel Merman wow <laughs> <laughs> there's no business like snow like oh I almost said snow business <laughs> I think they actually threw that joke in there <laughs> oh god 
that reminds me. Do you remember? Do you remember the the other cartoon done in the stop motion? You know, Rank, Rankin Bass did in stop motion. That was the origin of Santa Claus. Yes, with Mister Heat Miser and Mister Snow Miser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm not the only one that remembers these. No. God. I grew up watching Rankin Bass stop motion, so. I remember all that. Oh, there was another one, Rudolph's Shining New Year. I don't remember this one. Oh yeah, Rudolph's yeah. Shining New Year was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> um, so where's the one with with the origin of, of Santa? Because that's the one I've only saw bits of. Isn't that called Santa Claus is Coming to Town? I think so. It might be. It's not on the list of the uh, of the chronology of the continuity that. Yes, they're actually giving a continuity of the Rankin Bass movies. Oh my god! Wow. I think I think that one is narrated by by Bing Crosby. I think. Okay. Let's see. Santa to... Claus is coming to town. Found it. Yeah. It's got some weird celebrity to be part. Oh, of. Oh, Santa was a ginger. <laughs> okay. The cricket in the hearth. What the? Okay, let's see. Animation podcast artwork. The mouse on the Mayflower. Oh God! The little drummer boy. I remember that one. Yeah. You guys have to. One of my favorites. It was like I always loved Mickey's Christmas Carol, but one of my favorites was Pluto's Christmas Tree. <laughs> we talked about that one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, we did, didn't we? And you actually said, "Oh yeah, I love that one." Oh. Okay. Yeah, I, I like show or something yeah, yeah i don't remember um where is that the year without santa claus yeah steve megatron loves that one for some strange reason <laughs> in the original tooncast beyonds or not tooncast beyond the original tooncast christmas special episode 30 we talked about charlie brown christmas the original frosty rudolph grinch uh what is that oh, oh yeah I get- Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Yep. Oh god damn it. Oh oh my god. Oh my god. Rankin Bass produced the Coneheads. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, they did. I kind of miss Rankin Bass. Every time I hear that name, I always I always think of Mega Man. Why? Because the one character is named Bass. Oh, but spelled Bass. And, and they uh, and they totally messed that up in Mega Man Eight. Bass, why must we fight? We are not enemies. <laughs> so I've never seen this Return to Oz ranking Bass either. How is it, Neil? Return to... Is that the live action? No, no, the, it's the animated television special. Uh-oh. Does it look kind of anime-ish? I don't know. It's it's from 1964. Ooh, maybe it's not what I think. Oh, wow. Did I find accidentally something that stumped us all? I don't know. I know that there's another... Uh sort of return to Oz cartoon that was like that was like an anime or not not really anime but it was uh it was like farmed out to Japan. Have you guys ever seen the actual live action one? Yeah. Everyone's seen it. Yeah. Well guess what? Uh what? I found out the other day that they are actually going to be making a real sequel to the original. Yeah. Oh my god, why? I mean, some movies do not need sequels or prequels or whatever. It just, and I know it's Hollywood. Hollywood is always, always will be Hollywood to you know try to get a buck. But it's like, Jesus Christ, leave a classic alone. 
I'm, I'm actually surprised Hollywood hasn't tried to make a Gone with the Wind sequel or prequel at this point. Wow, the Rankin Bass Cinderella actually looks very anime-ish, but it's dropping frames like crazy. Wow. Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass. Yeah, but the original Rankin Bass, Frosty, Rudolph, um, Grandma Got Run Over My Reindeer, Charlie Brown Christmas, those are the main ones that I watch every year. Um, you know about the other Charlie Brown Christmas special, right? The one that sucks? Yes, and I don't watch that. I watch the good one, thank you. I do have taste, you know. <laughs> what was it? Rerun Once a Dog for Christmas or something like that? Yeah. See, that's how you know it's bad because the first word. Rerun, yeah. Uh, the other one that I... I'll catch it if it's on, like, like if Cartoon Network runs it, but it's basically uh, Bah Hum Duck, which is the Looney Tunes version of the... Uh, of the uh, Scrooge story. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what the weirdest thing to me about Wizard of Oz after I found out about the books was in the books, Dorothy and her uncle and her aunt go to Oz and they live like royalty. But in the in the movie, it's all about going back home. That was a movie that I could watch maybe once every five years. I, I just I don't get why people love that movie was great for what it was. I don't deny that it wasn't it was an awesome movie for everything that it did and everything that it you know the story that it told but i i just i don't get why people are so obsessed with the wizard of oz i i just don't get it actually the funniest is uh there's a uh the guy who wrote for tv guide put like the most cynical synopsis of wizard of oz in the tv guide every time it ever ran yeah <laughs> Transported to a surreal landscape, a young girl kills the first woman she meets and teams up with three complete strangers to kill again. Oh, yeah. that That's kind of what Crack says about it. No, no. TV Guide kept this in in yeah. the TV Guide for 20 years because this one editor was like, thought this was funny. Mm. It is funny, though. That kind of reminds me of the podcast description I wrote for when we re- uh, reviewed Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. A uh, woman lives with... Uh, Seven short guys that. Oh no! Uh, hold on, I'm 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 looking for I'm waiting for my internet to actually load so I can look for it. Stupid search results. Have you ever seen Cold Black and the Seven Dwarves? No. Have you ever seen Snow White and the Seven Giants? No. Michael Mason. No, I don't think so, I want to either. So you have to see Cold Black. It is so racist. Neil, you've seen it, right? No. Really? Thought you would have just just for the artistic merits and stuff. All right, here's my um, here's my uh, episode description for our Snow White coverage way back. When was this posted? Oh God, this is close to almost two years ago. Uh, post December sixteenth, two thousand nine. Old midget men getting horny about a very young girl. Poison apples. Vultures that have no purpose. A prince with no real character. Where are the rest of the goddamn adults? Mike and Kevin review Snow White, Disney's first animated feature. That's way too jumbly. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's uh, but but yeah, it's uh, like Neil and I said. If you want to get to the badass princess, you have to wait until Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> yeah, it was still a little underdeveloped, but at least he's part of the story. Yeah, and at least he killed the villain. Yeah. Villain didn't trip Slayed or the dragon, got... so to speak. <laughs> Or slipped on a banana peel. And now more video game conversations with Kitty Hawk.
Yeah, well, I mean, is like whenever they added a character into a game just for the the marquee value, and it's obviously stupid. Like they added Freddy Krueger into the latest uh, Mortal oh. Kombat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They added they added someone from Star Wars into Soul Calibur. Uh oh yeah, it was um it was Darth Vader. That doesn't help. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that, and that was they added that was, that was Soul the- Calibur. That was the X. The uh, let's see. It was the Xbox version got um, Darth Vader. The um, Nintendo version got Link. Link, and then what was the play? The PlayStation. No, you're, you're getting the, these mixed up. Uh, the, you're talking about Soul Calibur too. The 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 Xbox version got Spawn. <gasps> that was uh, it. That was. And then she had a freaking axe. And then the bitch had an axe. And then uh, the the PlayStation Two version uh, had the guy from uh, from Tekken. What was his name? The guy with the hair. Oh, uh, Jin, that doesn't help. Yeah. No, uh, no, it was the old guy. Uh, oh. Hayachi is that his name? I no, 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 it wasn't win. the old guy. It was um, but yeah, oh yeah, Darth Vader was in the next one. That was it. Yeah, he yeah. Soul Calibur Four. Okay, I had totally blocked Spawn out of my head because I I remember going. Spawn? You don't believe who's in Soul Calibur Five? Uh, who? The assassin from Assassin's Creed. What? Jeez. Oh, like Assassin's Creed just made no sense. That no, game made the, no. The story is shit in Assassin's Creed. The gameplay is great. No, the game the gameplay is great, but I'm just sort of like, oh, I mean, it's okay. It's well, the thing is this. The, I, I said this before, but I'll say it again. Is you're playing a, a bartender in the modern day named Esmond who's sitting in a magic chair that lets him relive the memories of his ancestors. I know. It, it, I, I I remember the game just making no goddamn sense, but I also remember thinking. So you're playing a guy well, playing a video game. That's what that's what the game is. Yeah, and I and I also remember being like, okay, if I'm going to be doing this. Like this kind of game, I want it to at least have a good story because, or have something new as far as gameplay. But actually, Link was not that bad. In Soul no, Calibur. Link Link was not that bad. I actually bought Soul Calibur two for that reason. And what I, if I understand this correctly, uh, Link was originally going to be the only hidden character, and then uh, Sony and Microsoft got wind of it. And was like, hey. Except that for Microsoft, I was like, "Why not just put Master Chief in there? Come on!" Yeah. Oh, that's what they did. The next did game, with, didn't they? That's what they did with Dead or Alive. It, it wasn't Master Chief. It was a female, uh, yeah, Spartan, which, yeah, by the right. way, later starred in uh, Metro versus Halo, Metroid versus Halo. Uh, oh, fan. Yeah, yeah Neil knows the one I'm talking about. <laughs> but. But it just goes down to, like, Sony and... Like, that was the thing. Like, used to be, like, companies would have mascots. Like, Nintendo has Mario. Sega has Sonic. I guess Microsoft has Master Chief, but that's actually a Bungie thing. I'm trying to think of the the name of the other character that Todd McFarlane made for Soul Calibur 2. He oh. made one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, made- well, who's, the, who's the girl in the green with the, with the blade hula hoop? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Damn it, I don't know. Because you ask me who, who's who's the girl in that fighting game, I'm like, it's either Cammy or Chun Li. Yeah, I remember he 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 uh he created a character. Oh, yeah. it's oh, it's Tira. Tira. That's the one that has the hula hoop. That's right. But who is the character that um, Necrid? That's it. That's it. 
And you could tell it's a Todd McFarlane design. Yeah. Because oh it looks, God, it looks, yeah. it's now, full of belts looking, and pouches. I'm now looking no, at you're, it. No, you're thinking of, uh, of, uh, the oh. other asshole, uh, Liefeld. Rob, Rob, yeah, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Or, or no, Nomura, who puts belts and zip, zippers and God knows well. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I, I looked at Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, why, why are they looking like, uh, like, uh, Rob Liefeld drew them with all these belts and zippers and, because no Nomura thinks that everything looks better with more with more decoration. Oh, what I love is uh, is Cloud's Buster Sword in uh, in Kingdom Hearts has bandages on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nice emo touch, wasn't it? <laughs> his, his 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 he's so emo. His sword is emo. That was during that whole memory. Like Japan was going through its. Oh no, we're losing our identity. And like. That whole period of time, like the whole obsession with memories, because like everything was like that. Ugh, I hated that time period. It you was... know, you know what pisses me off is Resident Evil made a great game, and then they went back to shitty gameplay again. Well, I mean, I, I enjoyed the first Resident Evil, but um... no, I'm talking about four as having great gameplay. Oh yeah, four had pretty good gameplay, but. I remember people complaining. Was it America or Japan that, uh, oh, it was in a reverse of what's usually what happens is in America, they, when, when, whenever Ashley's breasts bounce, they, in America, they actually made it more noticeable. In Japan, they toned it down. Wow. Well, that's a reversal. I know. <laughs> that's that's usually, to... yeah, it's usually gets, it's better in Japan. It gets toned down in America. Well, except for porn games, which they uncensor for the American. Well, market. we don't know anything about that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the weird things about Resident Evil is that uh, when they made the DualShock versions, they, they fixed the tank control so that, you know, instead of pushing forward to make the character walk in a direction, the character actually goes in the direction that you're pushing. And then they remade the first game for GameCube, and they went back to the tank controls. I'm like, why the hell did you do that? I don't. I don't know. I remember when they came out for GameCube. I'm, I was like, okay. Yeah, that GameCube really game. I I played it for about ten minutes, and then I ran into like one of the the, the crimson heads, and I turned it off. <laughs> well, like, the, that's uh, that was that was when that was the annoying period where there was remakes, but at least there were some good remakes. Like Twin Snakes was a pretty good remake. And uh, another example was Metal Gear Solid. First one was good. Second one was crap. Third one was pr- Snake Eater was the best out of all of them, and then the fourth one got so damn complicated. All I wanted was some ice cream. And then there's Snatcher. Oh man, Snatcher! I've got I've got that first Sega CD. Well, I gave it to my husband, but you know, which has a very loose, weird tie to the Metal Gear series. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You you have you have a little Metal Gear that follows you around. It's so cute. <laughs> I, I sorry it, to give it, that away, but and it actually like references the the Metal Gear series. Like this this is a model based on such and such from you know, how many however many years ago, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're saying that it happened in the same universe. What well, I loved was in the first Metal Gear Solid, they had to explain Otakon's nickname. Yeah, yeah, they had this. Oh, Otaku Khan and uh, blah blah blah, and then and it was like a five minute conversation about Otaku. What's Otaku and with Snake and uh, what's his name voicing Snake? You don't remember that? Oh yeah, but I mean, they were trying like let's explain the joke, which makes no well, sense. Well, they they could have just renamed him for America. His nickname but, in America. 
but that was about the time when people were were starting to say, "Fuck it, we're just gonna keep the names consistent. It's just easier." Like I said, I think that I think that the Snake Eater was the easily the best because it it sort of because it was a prequel, it sort of abandoned all all uh, pretenses of sticking with this convoluted Patriots liberty. Oh, come off liberty. it! It's 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 Metal Gear. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got the most convoluted plot of all time because whatever goes on in Kojima's brain is like. I, I but I also love you create a time paradox. <laughs> Or sometimes you feed on a tree frog. That that intro song, which is ridiculous. Snake eater! I know. It's so overblown James Bond bullshit. I love it. It's so bad. I know. It was, it was, and I, and I know so many people that don't like that game. They just, they just hate that game so much. And they say it's like, not anything like the rest of them, but it's like, no, it was it was kind of interesting in that the world was more open and it, it was a lot harder. I'll say that it was much harder than than the second one. But yeah, but who wants to play Raiden? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> with, with him doing naked cartwheels and stuff. Oh my oh, god! god. <laughs> but I remember that game got delayed. Like I remember when it got delayed, I was working at GameStop and people were just pissed off and it was because they had to like go back and change the New York level because of 9-11. And I remember people coming in and being like, I don't care about 9-11. I want my damn game. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't care either. But you know, apparently they had to go back and change the game. That and also like, what was the game? Oh yeah. Command and Conquer Red Alert. We had to take that off the shelves because it had, a plane going into the Twin Towers on the cover. And oh, wow. I, yeah, I remember coming into work and they were taking them off the shelf. And I said, what, what's going on? They said, yeah, we got to take these off. Cause um, apparently this like predicted the whole thing. Like, Oh, okay. Crazy. <laughs> but, uh, Oh man. Oh, what, why, why love is IGN one year did an April fool's joke where they made, where they produced, uh, live action Zelda movie trailer. Oh uh, man, I remember that. Yeah, Neil, you ever seen this? I've seen it. <laughs> it's glorious. Oh well, oh. another great prank I, I saw. I don't remember what magazine it was, but uh, they they did a, they did a pre order joke where um, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, uh, on uh, on uh, Wind Waker, if you pre ordered it, you got uh, what's it called uh, the Ocarina of Time. But on the next one, when they when yeah. uh, yeah, that's it. That was actually real. But okay, on the yeah. next game, Twilight Princess, when that came was coming out, they made a prank where they said, "Okay, if you pre-order this one, you get like uh, you get like a remastered version of of uh, the Wind Waker done with done in the style of Twilight Princess." Oh and no! And everyone was oh, like, "Oh our, my god!" Yeah, and then our, it turned out yeah. to be a prank. <laughs> that yeah. sounds almost as good as the Nintendo Power uh, uh, Sh- Shane Long uh, Street Fighter Two prank. Oh. Oh, and the Zel- the uh, the Sonic and and uh, Melee joke. Yeah. Which, Actually, I think they're all Game Pro jokes. Yeah, they're all game. It's all Game Pro. Game Pro did that every year. Oh, and then Game Informer would try every year to try to do something, but it was always so lame. It was. It was fail. Lame. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Now, one year for for April Fools, I did tell people that Sega had teamed up with AT and T. No, it was they teamed up with Time Warner AOL. To make Dreamcast two, the AOL Dreamcast two, 
No. Yes, I, I did this. It was April Fool's, and I'm working at GameStop, and I was telling people about this, and I actually had people whip out their wallets to put $50 down on it. And I had to say, April Fool's! I only did this to regular customers, because I knew that if I did this to certain... You'd get fired? Well, no, more I'd get punched, because there were some people that were very serious about their Dreamcast. And there are bullets lodged in their chest to this day. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, because there were some people who were freaking serious about I need my 2K Sports. Dreamcast, Dreamcast did have uh, have internet connectivity and Windows oh, yeah. uh, Millennium Edition. No, it was, it was CE. Oh. Yeah, no, no, no. ME did not touch that beautiful piece of hardware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Shenmue did. Uh, yes. Sailors. Uh, Shinmu for Saturn. I've seen that before. Yeah. Oof. I mean, Panzer Dragoon Saga pushed that system to its to its like limits, and I've seen Shenmu, and I was thinking, how the hell was that going to happen? <laughs> I don't think it was ever going to happen. I think what I that think, was. I, I think that's that why was... they eventually did it on Dreamcast because they were like, this is not going to work. Yeah, well, it was of... like it was like development hardware with like. Super RAM. That's how yeah. they did it on Saturn, and that was never going to happen as a retail release. There were rumors that they were going to make a beefier Saturn, or like there was going to be some expansion packs. And I know oh, that, if, like, if the, only, yeah, with the 3D controller, you could actually disconnect. You can actually disconnect the cable from the unit. And what I think this was is that they were going to have a VMU type thing. But of yeah, course, I, I remember that because uh, I always wondered why the hell does the cord disconnect at the controller and they never really did anything with that and i think the thinking was is there was going to be like some proto vmu thing and it just never happened until they did dreamcast how can we talk about the saturn without mentioning one of the greatest reasons to success in japan this the uh, the mascot Oh, Sagata sanchiro sagata sanchiro sagata sanchiro sagata sanchiro Oh man, Alyssa Gatasso, which is hilarious because it's he was played like, by the original common writer. I know, and like it was, well, in this in Japan they had a lot more art. I remember they had a lot more RPGs and they uh, a lot more shooters. Whereas in America we get shitty platformers and some crappy PC ports and well we did have working designs uh, rescuing us from that oh one thing I had have to mention we, we talk about uh, we, we talk about uh, you know um, um, indie games and stuff like that mm-hmm. one thing I have to mention is you know I think LucasArts made a mistake in uh, because number one they had a talent like Tim Schafer and they never sicked them on Star Wars Games. Well, because that's because Lucas didn't particularly like him. You do know that, like, Lucas was constantly with odds against Lucas Arts. Like, you know the story behind Salmon Max, right? Yeah. That they had two different working versions. Well, he just didn't like those people. He he didn't think that they they could have a true, you know, keep to his true vision. And I'm like, what true vision? Yeah, the, no like I said, like I said, the fact that number one, he had he, he had a genius like Tim Schafer on staff, yeah, and he he didn't sick him on Star Wars once. Number two, he fired Tim Schafer. He had an entire team. Lucas Arts was like this 
they just put out hit after hit, and he just never respected them. Well, and but, you just, know, they have their digs too, because in yeah. Monkey Island, they put they put George Lucas in there as a troll eating a eating a rotten fish. Well, because yeah. like he was constantly fucking with them. I mean, he should have just left them alone to do their own thing. And or honestly, or, or sick Tim Schafer on Star Wars. Yeah, well, that would have worked too. But I mean, the thing is, is that I, if I had been in charge of LucasArts, I definitely would have just instead of making movies, he really, honestly, should have just done some really amazing looking games. Because, like, think about like, think about if he had done the prequels as games, and he had had the LucasArts team. He did, it, you know, pod racers. No, yeah, no. no, no, not like no. that. More like let's do, let's do like dark. You know, dark shadows or something like that. Because I remember some of those, those even some of the first-person shooters that LucasArts put out back then were pretty good. And of course, you know, Tie Fighter, Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight, and I mean, all those games were so good. And then, and then he surrounded himself with Yes Men. Well, what I love is this: it's a. It was first was Dark Forces, which is a first-person. Star Wars year. Then there was yeah. Dark Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight. Yep. And then there's Jedi Knight Two, out Jedi Outcast, and then there's Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. It's like, is it still part of Dark Forces or not anymore? I don't know. Is, uh, is, or is it like Rambo? I don't know. At that point, who knows? Neil, it's is like it like the Rambo? Boy series? I don't know. It's like the Wonder Bureau Boy series, <laughs> or it's like. What this this numbering system makes no sense. Yeah, what Wonder Boy, which went from like, uh, okay, I think it was an Adventure Island clone, and then it went to being like a, uh, what was that? Game well, actually, uh, Adventure Island cloned off of Wonder okay, Boy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can never remember which came. I know first. it's it's really convoluted. Well, I mean, it's like it's like everything back then was sort of a parody or a copy of something else, like. SNK is like a bunch of disgruntled Capcom employees who went off to make their own games. So of course the characters are going to be similar. Best and then they fighting game ever. Hmm? What's the best fighting game ever, guys? Street Fighter Two. Man, that is that is a hard one because. Um. Okay, if I, I I really I really enjoy Garo for for Neo Geo because I like think of that one as like the ultimate Neo Geo game. But, like, if I had to say, like, what's my favorite fighting game of all time, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to go with Smash Brothers. I ah. really like, I really love Smash Brothers. It's, it's, it's a fighting, it's still a fighting game, but it's like, it's really fun to play with other people. It's, it's like, you don't even care if you're winning or losing, you're just mad. You're having fun. Yeah, it, you're just having fun. And the thing is, is that I enjoy some pretty deep fighting games as well, but Sometimes I just want to beat up on people, and that's what Smash Brothers gives me. Whereas if I really want to play a technically, you know, really technical game, well, I'll go play Street Fighter Four. Which, oh God, I mean, you didn't enjoy the Street Fighter Four? I, I just, it was like the new fighting system kind of got to me. Like, oh well, now to block you have to hit this button, and I'm like, can I just push? back well you, you, can, you can block with back that's what yeah I do. but it, it, it didn't like there's something like you couldn't block certain attacks with that you had to yeah there's to... there's focus attacks now that yeah, just go through blocks i was like oh oh this is getting like a little too um like like not skill based but more like so you have to memorize all these attacks and like i'm okay i'm cool with that but like 
Now you have like these special blocks. No, I want this to be simple. I just want to know, like, just memorize attacks and like just hit that one that I can just spam over and over and over and over. You know, I never played Dead or Alive. Oh man, it's okay. I mean, it's not one of my favorite fighting games, but is it just for the, is it just for the uh, motion physics? No, actually, it's pretty okay. It's a very good game. It, the the physics do add something to it, <laughs> but it's uh, actually you know, Fire Four parodied that <laughs> with Rufus. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Press oh, physics on a man. But the but wrong just, kind of physics. But uh, it's an okay game. I'll I'll say the fighting system's pretty good in it. It's it's just not like one of the best fighting games I've ever played. Like, I really like the King of Fighters series, and I like uh, the Capcom versus SNK, and of course, like, Marvel versus Capcom is, like, really excellent. I really like the, the latest one that came out. Yes. But, uh... That's just how, how stupid Deadpool is. I mean, he does a Shaoryuken because he did it in the comics once. I know, I know, but Deadpool's just... Like it, it, it works. He grabs, he grabs his, he grabs his power bar and uses it to beat the bad guy over the head. I know, and that's just beautiful. That's that's wonderful. I didn't think they could do a better game than uh, the second one, but they definitely, they definitely pulled it off. And I, I actually enjoyed, I actually enjoyed some of the changes in this one too. Like from the the second one, like this is one where it didn't annoy me so much. 